0: being a window at 11 minutes past nine on Riviera Radio. Uh, Gavin Sharp from Riviera Wellbeing is with me. Morning, Gavin. Good morning, Sarah. Uh, today, we're talking about healing from mm. relationship betrayal. So, is relationship betrayal just another term for infidelity?
1: Well, the way I look at it is that, so, infidelity is the the act of, of what happens when we're betrayed. And I think what we're talking really about today is the, the impact of the infidelity and it's what I would describe as a, as a trauma. There is a traumatic impact when we have been betrayed in our primary love relationship and that's really the focus of, of today that the impact on both parties but specifically the person who's been betrayed.
0: And uh, why is this a trauma? We tend to think of events like a car crash or or similar. Is that similar as a, tra- a trauma? It is It is similar.
1: And in fact, I'd go one stage further and in, in, in clinical terms, I actually call it a complex trauma. And it, trauma is about um, a breach of safety. And if you think about our love relationships, what are they about? I'm relying on my partner for support or protection, for safety, and when that is breached, that leaves me with traumatic symptoms that we'll talk about. And you know, my my colleague Michelle Mays, who's written a lot about. Um, Uh, trauma and she talks about the three prong sort of um, impact, the injury there is an attachment injury, so there is a loss of a um, a safe and a secure attachment and I've lost my sense of safety then there's the emotional and the psychological injury because actually I've been lied to, I've been gaslighted and and my whole sense of, of reality is distorted so I don't know who I can trust and if i've been betrayed sometimes i don't know if i can trust myself anymore because Mm -hmm. how did i how did i not see this coming and then thirdly there's a sexual injury which is the the impact on my my sexual self-esteem what was it about me or what's wrong with me and and the reason i said we define it as complex is because it's it's a relational trauma and it's prolonged i'm living with the person who hurt me. There's no escape. And so every day there are reminders of the hurt. So the car crash is the, the one off. And this I'm living every day. And in the same way as the person who's had the car crash might suffer PTSD, post traumatic symptoms, so's the person who's been betrayed in a relationship. All right, well, that moves us on to a question from a listener. Uh- you just mentioned it—betrayal. So, should we forgive? Well, I—I I hope what comes through as we do, as we continue with today's show, is that there is a process of of healing, and we we have a, a choice. And hopefully, what we get to do is to heal ourselves, to repair the relationship and to move towards trust. I think, you know, forgiveness is always controversial because it suggests I'm letting the person off the hook. And so I think it's very personal. I don't think it's essential. I think it's about, can I establish trust? And can I let go of the resentment? So that's kind of, for me, it's about a healing process and not allowing the resentment to dictate the rest of my life.
0: Can it depend on what we consider
1: the level of the betrayal? Yes, I I think that also impacts the trauma because there's a big difference between um, I've been betrayed because um, you had an affair with my best friend, Um, I've been betrayed because this is a five-year affair or there have been multiple betrayals. On one level, it actually doesn't make any difference because I've been betrayed. Uh, sense, really, it wouldn't make, like, for example, if you were just to snog somebody or have a kiss with somebody and, and I, I think maybe have an affair for five years. I think it can do. But actually, if you ask the person who's been betrayed from the one-night stand, I don't think their trauma is any different or is not necessarily any different than discovering that um, it went on for five years. So um, I think it's about how I experience the betrayal.
0: Okay, so let, let's say you've been betrayed, whatever level it, it is in your relationship, how would I know that it was classified as traumatic rather than, for example, distressing?
1: And, w- and what are the symptoms of a betrayal trauma? So I think with, with 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 a trauma, a trauma is basically an attack on on our whole selves, our brains and our bodies, because they co-regulate. And so what we witness if we've been betrayed is actually dis regulation. So signs of that are things like, for example, um, there's this confusion and betrayed partners will often say, I need to know everything. I just, I can't quite get a grip on my reality and, and run through the facts again and tell me everything. And so life becomes very confusing. Then Betrayed partners will often say, I'm doing crazy stuff that I never did before. Um, I'm hiring a private detective. I'm checking their phones. I'm, I'm, You know, when they're in the shower, I'm going through their handbag or their briefcase because I need to understand if they're still cheating. So this hypervigilance, which you live with constantly. Um, often I've had betrayed um, partners tell me that there's so much anger, you know, that they're, they're critical, they're bitter, and they want, to move on, but the anger is there. Um, there is so much self-blame. How did I not see it coming? What did I do wrong? So all these are the kind of emotional signs of actually, this is a dysregulation. These are trauma symptoms. And then, as with any trauma, then I end up with physical symptoms. I've got insomnia or IBS or um, you know where, wherever my kind of weak point was in my immune system that's gonna flare up too. So it's really is our whole kind of almost shut down in our, in our brain and bodies. And, and that's why I say, this is a trauma. The person I trust the most has betrayed me. My sense of safety is the person who's hurt me. And that really is, um, I can only use the word, you know, that's traumatic. Mm, okay another question
0: hi Sarah and Gavin Uh, good to hear the topic of this month's show which I saw on social media too hypothetical and anonymous question let's say my husband has cheated several times I find a lovely therapist like Gavin how do I know the therapy will work and the cheater will stop cheating how does Gavin make men stop cheating
1: Mm, um well it's and good, women. Good um, good, good to know that women um, I'm too, a lovely therapist. Women do it too. Mm. Um, and um, uh, although typically I think there's still a lot of stigma and uh, the people who show up most in the therapy room, um, at least as betrayed partners, are the women um, and then are often dragging in the, the, the partner. Um, how do you know therapy is going to work? Um, the reality is you don't. Um, you have to the person who's done the cheating if they're sitting in front of me I want to know that are you here because you got caught or are you here because you're remorseful and you're about to lose your world is about to fall apart and so um, and I will look for signs for example of have you ended the affair have you ended contact with the person Um, so a lot of it is observing before you can trust again. You're looking at your partner to to understand: are they are they motivated? Are they going through the Are they going through the signs? Um, and um, and a, a therapist, you know, I will call someone out if you're not if you're not doing the work. You know, a lot of the times the betrayal is also because the person has had multiple affairs, maybe even sex addiction. So either you're here because you want to recover. And stop or you hear as I said at the start because you got caught and if it's the former you're not ready for therapy I see because you're uh, right and would you say that
0: in that case like who comes I mean do you come as a couple or is it the person that's
1: uh, the cheating partner or the be- betrayed spouse that comes to see you how, how does that work I, I think it's a great question and I think that what what happens is probably first and foremost the couple comes and usually what's happening there is there's some kind of crisis management that I'm doing and I will sit down with a couple and it's probably a in the beginning I'm not gonna do traditional couples therapy so I'm not gonna do how you can communicate better I'm not gonna do you know look into each other's eyes and let's see if we can have an intimate moment because it's inappropriate there's no safety so Often the couples sessions that I will do are very short. It's psychoeducational. This is what, how you can both heal. And I recommend that each of you now has your own individual therapy before actually starting to come together and build the safety. Um, and also I help the couple establish some 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 boundaries. You know, if you've just been cheated on, what do you need to feel safe? And it might be, I need, Let's say it's him. I need him to sleep in the other room. I need him to move out for a period of time. Um, I need for there to be no sexual contact. So it's spending with the couple to begin with, not traditional couples therapy. It's crisis management. And then when each of them is a bit further down the line with the healing, then we kind of, uh, sorry, with the crisis management, then we come together and we do some healing. Okay, another question. Hi, Gavin and Sarah. This is my situation. I
0: cheated on my partner and got caught, for which I take full responsibility. I want us to be together again, but I'm struggling as the fallout is overwhelming us. She has a tracker on my phone, checks my emails daily, and doesn't even trust me to take the kids to school if it takes longer than expected. Uh, last week, she started checking my WhatsApp call list. Uh, Gavin, how am I supposed to respond? I feel there is no way out or back to how things were
1: well the first thing i would say is that your spouse's behavior is a what i would describe actually as a typical classical trauma response by a betrayed spouse that's the hypervigilance that i was just talking about which is and in therapy terms we call these safety seeking behaviors so Again, there's a a colleague of mine, Stephanie Carnes, who's one of the um, sort of, you know, formidable psychologists in in betrayal trauma. And she talks about the, the betrayed partner having to reclaim their reality. And this is someone who's seeking safety. What's real, are you, still, are you still cheating on me? Or you say you've stopped, you say you're seeing this lovely therapist, Gavin, but I don't know where you're really going on uh, a Wednesday morning at nine o'clock. I've had spouses contact me to say, um, can you let me know, is my is my partner having therapy sessions with you? Which is always an interesting one because I can't disclose if I see clients, but it's very frequent that I will get asked that question. So to the person who's written in, there is an element of you have to suck it up. And yes, you know, you can't, um, you know, I've had someone say to me recently, but my partner frisks me when I come through the door, because she's looking to see where's my second and third phone, because she knows I've got this phone, which is the one I was using to cheat on before, and that was the medium I was communicating, so she frisks me. And so... Yes, there are boundaries and that's some of the stuff that you'll do with your couple's therapy. But it is a normal and it's a healthy response. Your um, your partner is looking for signs and looking to work out how safe they feel. But how
0: long you just have to suck it up. How, how long do you suck it up for? I mean, if you're trying to make the efforts, if you're trying to get things back to how they were, which sounds like this is what the listener has been trying to do. I mean, is there like, Can you give it a time span? Can you say, if the couple is still in therapy two or three years later, then you're like, well, there's
1: no hope? There should be signs of improvement. I mean, the the first, how I would answer your question is kind of as long as it takes. Mm -hmm. If you're still at exactly the same place in three years' time, then something isn't working in either the individual work or the couple's work. But there there are going to be moments when... Five years later, the betrayed partner's triggered. So something that reminds me, I'm gonna be watching maybe a TV show. Oh, crikey, and five years later, it comes and bites you on the bottom. Yeah. Now, by that point, you've got enough kind of told and you've got enough of a, a template where you can sit down. And at that point, you've done enough work where the betrayed partner can say, honey, I am feeling triggered. Um, Can we not watch this movie? Because Mm. this is reminding me of what happened between us and I think I need some time. Or the person who did the cheating might say, um, I'm feeling really uncomfortable. Are you okay with watching this movie? So life has moved on. They're not in the same place as the beginning with the, the frisking and the checking the WhatsApp messages, but the triggers will still occasionally be there. And a therapist is giving the couple here are the tools to manage what happens when you're triggered. And the success rate
0: of couples that come to you and and uh, manage to actually work it out, whatever the portrayal
1: has been? Someone asked me something like that last time about success rate. It's, it's really difficult to... I, I don't have a statistic where I can tell you that, you know, an um, X percentage of couples. What I can say is that for couples who come together and work through the this process of um of healing where they're both committed and you know if they're coming to couples therapy you know someone said to me recently but i you know i I don't think she's i don't think she wants to be with me anymore and i and i'm like but she's in the room with you but i think she's got one foot out the door you're right she's got one foot out the door but she's got one foot in so on that basis and if you're coming to couples therapy and you are both committed to making this work and to the repair and the healing you stand a good chance of um of recovering to the to the person who said it before it won't go back to how it was before but i will tell you this i've worked with lots of couples where it got better than Mm. before and they've reached a level of intimacy that was never there before yes it's a really painful way to have got to that point. And often there was something broken before, but that doesn't excuse the person ever for doing the cheating. And the thing I will always say to the betrayed partner is, this is not about you. This is not about your body weight, your size, your... This is something that your partner has chosen to do.
0: There can never be an excuse for
1: the betrayal. No. They can, even, making- if, even if it's alcohol or an abuse that's an addiction. Not, not, not an excuse. With the work I do with sex addicts, it is still the same. You have to face the consequences of your actions. And the reason why sometimes the work with sex addicts is really slow is because they minimize, they deny. But, you know, we haven't been physical for, for such a long period of time, or it was just once, or it was. It doesn't matter. You need to own responsibility for your parts. And that's why I said we don't start with traditional couples therapy. The first thing we're doing is actually the, I wanna go back to the question, how do I know if the therapy will be successful? Does the person who's done the cheating recognize that this is a trauma? So when that person comes in and says, This is what she always does. She checks the phone and I know I'm assuming it's a she. She checks the phone and she's doing, this is what makes me crazy. And I'm no, no, now you're getting things confused between the problems that were there before and this is her trauma. Don't mix the two things up. She's looking, these are safety seeking behaviors. This has nothing to do with what was there before. You made a choice to go outside your what you contracted to do in your relationship that's what the betrayal is about okay
0: gavin sharp riviera Wellbeing. Uh, it's Wellbeing well-being window on riviera radio and we're taking your questions all about healing from relationship betrayal studio at Mc. we've got quite a few to get through before uh, 10 o'clock so we'll move on uh, with the news sport and weather uh, which is coming up next just gone uh, 20 to 10, and it's the Riviera Wellbeing window. I'm joined by Gavin Sharp from Riviera Wellbeing, and we're talking about healing from relationship betrayal. Uh, Gavin, uh, we better move on with some of the questions. We've got quite a lot to get through in the next uh, 20 minutes. If you do have a question, we'll try and fit it in studio at rivieradio.mc. Hi, Sarah and Gavin. I am often suspicious that my partner has cheated or is cheating. He always has an explanation, of course. About two years ago I found messages on his phone from women that he met online and he said it was something he did once when bored on a business trip. Also about 10 years ago he admitted kissing someone at the office party but said it went no further. I found that out from a friend. Either I am paranoid or he is a clever cheat. So how do I know?
1: Hmm. Well you can't know for sure. What I often say to betrayed partners is to trust their instinct, because usually their instinct is right. And often further down the line, I'll sit down with a couple or with the betrayed partner and the betrayed partner will say to me, you know, the signs were always there, I kind of knew. And then they will give, they will cite examples like this where um, I found something on their phone, I discovered something in their case, I saw something in their suit, and then um, they ignored it. And sometimes, you know, we actually have a term for this and we call it betrayal blindness. Because if you go back, you know, to how we started the show, this is the person I love the most. This is the source of my trust and safety so if I accept this as being true then my sense of trust and, and, and safety has gone so I I can't know and this person I can't remember if it was a, a man or a woman but they can't know um, and they can ask it sounds like obviously it's been denied uh, but I would trust your instinct and that's part of what builds up to the craziness sometimes because then we discover that something has happened and then that's where the self-blame and the shame comes in. Okay, I hope that answers your question.
0: Um, just says here, my ex-husband was a serial adulterer. What do I do about that? And uh, obviously then goes on to
1: say it was a rather abusive relationship. Well, I, I don't have enough facts to know for sure, but I would, if any of what I've been sharing in the show is resonating. So for example, the the, the trauma symptoms, the hypervigilance, the anger, um, if you're still holding it, I advise you to seek professional help and to be able to let that go because that can sit with us for years. And sometimes couples dismiss it very quickly. And actually it hasn't gone because the resentment's there. Um, and again, I've worked with, with with many couples who have come and I'll discover that, oh, there was an affair five years ago. How did you deal with it? Well, we had two or three couple sessions and we've, we've, we've moved on and that you haven't moved on, what you've done is you've brushed it under the carpet because cool. it's so painful to look at. And I think we need to go back and look at it again because there's still some unresolved pain here. So I think trusting her instincts, if there's still some unresolved pain, I would go and I'd seek some professional help to, to be released from holding that pain. OK, another
0: listener says, uh, OK, I'm choking on my cereal here. I do not agree with what is being said. If my partner cheats, why do I have to have therapy? I'm
1: not the one who caused the problem. <laughs> um, well, I don't want anybody to choke on the cereal because I don't know what our legal liability here is at the radio or for me. Um Look, I'm, I'm, I'm making light of it, but there's a very serious point there, which is, yeah, why, why am I the person who's got to go and get therapy? You don't have to do anything. That's what I would say to the portrayed partner. And I think there are sometimes, and I think I said this when we did our show on infidelity. Sometimes I think we therapists are very quick to pathologize the person who's been hurt or well, you should get help or I wonder what was happening before. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you deserve to heal. And you deserve to, a bit like the person who wrote in before, you deserve to be free of pain. And if you think about any relationship, it's it's a system. And there's me, um, there is my partner, and then there's the us, there's the relationship. And all three have been damaged. I, the cheater, have hurt myself, and I hopefully will get in touch with the remorse of what I've done to my partner and family, the person who's been betrayed, has been hurt, and the relationship is damaged. And what I would say is, in time, all three parts to that that, that system, all three parts need attention.
0: Yeah, well, I guess that comes back to whether you want to make the relationship work or not. Whether you just say, if anybody uh, cheats on me, then that's it, and that that can be just a character trait. You know, people can be more. Like that, and, and tough, take a tougher line like that, and not then go down the road of saying, uh, let's try and work this
1: out using therapy, maybe. Yes, and I, I, again, I don't think it it is a very personal choice, and and if someone decides that actually you've crossed my line and I don't want to move past this, or mm. I don't, that's their choice, and and so I wouldn't I wouldn't say to someone. Don't do that. I think why I sometimes say to the betrayed partner to um, to seek professional help rather than just talk to friends is because particularly when there's been sex addiction involved, it's friends are um, often going to say, look, I tell you what you need to do, pack your bags, get out of there. You, 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 what are you doing? I mean, how stupid are you? This person has hurt you. Um, and on one level, that's advice from a very caring friend. Um, but sometimes we don't want We don't want to, we we want some, there's a part of us that wants to move on um, and process it. And I think that's what therapy will create the space for someone to do is to work out actually, um, there is no guarantee, you know, you asked about the success rate. And I will say to couples somewhere along the line that what you'll get clearer about is whether you do wanna stay together. And there are no guarantees. So either you're gonna go into it to find this out, Mm. but if you know already, then there's no point going through this process.
0: Okay. Hope that answers your question. Uh, hello, uh, sorry if my English is not perfect. I realise that me and my partner had issues which make him cheat. He tell me that he tells me that we must both be blamed for the affair. So we try now to make it
1: better, but I find that I'm angry. Is this trauma? Well, two things. It may well be trauma because um, there is the, the anger is one of the trauma responses, um, but. Um, I 'll say what I said before um, and I'll say it again which is that you are not responsible for your partner's behavior you did not make your partner cheat so um, so if that's what your partner is telling you um, again a um, a therapist worth their salt is going to make it very clear to the couple and to the cheating partner: the two things are unrelated. This has nothing to do with you, who's been hurt. This is a decision that the cheating partner made. Mm. However unhappy you are in your relationship, again, a lot of men who have had affairs will use this as an excuse. Oh, women. Or, or women, absolutely. And and often it's because um, we haven't had sex for a long period of time. We have a choice. Did you ever talk about it? Mm. Did you ever sit down and say, I'm not happy with where things stand, honey. I'm very aware that, you know, we haven't been intimate for X period of time or was it brushed under the carpet? Um, Because you still had a choice. Did one of you suggest Mm. that, I think we should get professional help. If we don't get professional help, I don't know if I want to still be in the relationship. That's a long way off from, well, I cheated because we haven't been physical. I've actually heard I cheated because they'd put on a lot of weight. They were not attractive to me anymore. Mm. I won't tell you what I said on air, um, but it probably wasn't my most therapeutic response. Yeah, so it really can't, it's not a question of it takes two to
0: tango. Correct. And uh, moving on, we've just put in one more question uh, for this morning. And uh, do couples ever heal? He said, I've, had, I've gone through multiple relationships with multiple men uh, that have uh, cheated on me. Every time I meet a new man, I hope that it's the right one. Uh, but something happens. I'm beginning to ask myself whether, whether it's me that has the problem
1: and I lead men to cheat on me. So it's an interesting it's an interesting question, and I guess there are two parts to it. The first part is that um, yes, as we said earlier on the show, couples do heal. If I have, and this is I guess the second part, you know, if I've been in a relationship and it's my third, fourth, tenth relationship, and someone has always cheated on me, then I would do some self reflection about why am I drawing these people in? Why am I attracting people who hurt me? And you know, when we did our show on attachment styles, I said that very often, you know, the way we love today in our primary relationships is based on the way we were loved. And we repeat the past. And we find that we were hurt in the past. And then what do we do? We go and unconsciously pick someone who hurts me again and what we do in individual therapy if that's the case if i've been cheated on so many times i get to look at um what does a healthy relationship look like i get to recognize the signs of you know what this guy's not good for me he's got his own or she's got her own issues they're not securely attached and in which case um i'm gonna end the relationship before it gets um you know too far
0: Okay. Uh, so Gavin, what how can you summarize? I mean, obviously you've had a brilliant response, lots of questions. Thank you to all the all of you that have written in. Um, how would you summarize the the subject that we've been talking about betrayal and and if you are in a situation, a desperate situation to try and heal any kind of betrayal that's happened in your
1: relationship, what would you say would be the first move to make? I would say that the, the first move to make is to acknowledge the responses that you are having and to acknowledge your emotions and recognizing that this is, as I said at the start of the show, this is a complex trauma. Someone has rearranged my reality. I'm now going back thinking, I wonder what was real in the past? Um, I don't know anymore what's happening in the present and I'm having to kind of rearrange what the future looks like. So I recognize what I'm going through the partner who's done the cheating has to recognize that this is um this is a trauma and that's the one thing i guess i just want to get from people to take from today's show for both partners what has just happened in the relationship is the relational impact of the betrayal and it's a complex trauma and if that's happened to you please go and get professional help and lots of therapists and they're very well-meaning therapists will see the couple and then start straight away with uh, what i call the lovey-dovey couples exercises and that can actually do more damage because you don't get it all out you just because it's not safe Mm. because i've just been you've just breached my trust and um if i don't feel safe in a relationship it's not healthy i don't want to be emotionally intimate i don't want to be physically intimate i just need to know what's real, and I have to start to feel safe. And if your therapist is moving you forward too fast, and you don't feel safe, follow that gut. Hmm. So, um, and I would say that, again, some of the questions are, I'm not sure if I'm being cheated on. I would repeat what I also said earlier, which is, if you have an instinct, it's probably right. And we just don't want to. It's, it's, it's worrying. Of course, it's worrying. But because, you know, it's so, this whole topic is so frightening. And mm. that's why um, it's, you know, it's so, um, it's so painful. Because if I'm relying on this other person for my well being, and now I've been let down. Nothing makes sense, yeah. nothing makes sense, and that's why we choose to ignore the signs. Because for me to start to accept this, well, that's really frightening. Okay. So I'm not sure that that was a very succinct and articulate summary.
0: <laughs> no, it was, it was very clear, but maybe on a positive note, <laughs> yes. the couples obviously come to you and they get through the therapy, they and do. you mentioned it earlier on, and they sometimes have a relationship that was even better than before.
1: Yes, and that is what happens, and I'm not just, a, it is good to finish on a positive note, uh, but absolutely, because sometimes something was missing before, okay, the, the person did the cheating is blaming the thing that was missing, however, there was probably a level of intimacy that the couple hadn't achieved, mm. there was probably something that they did brush under the carpet or avoided. And with couples work, what you get the chance to do is you get the chance to have um, a level of transparency and honesty and intimacy and vulnerability that you didn't even know was possible. And yes, there's always going to be that scar tissue of what we went through to get here. But now we've got something Mm. that is Truly intimate, and particularly for the person that's done the cheating, but often for both people, embracing that vulnerability—it's—it's it's like a reawakening. Oh
0: well, there you go. Very yeah. positive. There's and there's nice a positive and ending. Note.
1: And how can people get in contact with you, Gavin? Uh, they can either look up my website, RivieraWellbeing.com, uh, or they can email me directly, Gavin at RivieraWellbeing.com.
0: And. What are you doing next month? <laughs> she says nervous. I feel like I've been on a couch for an hour. I don't
1: know. I'm exhausted. Well, I was gonna do something that was not quite as heavy. Uh, I was thinking about we touched upon it in one of our shows about a year ago. I think we're doing love addiction. Uh, oh, good so one. it's not yeah. it's not as heavy um, but it's something that we're all interested in I think it's like well is it real is it a myth is this something that Gavin makes up to fill the hour but I can tell you, love addiction is real okay and for people who have it it does some is that
0: like an obsession as well could it be an obsession it can with be. somebody yeah
1: okay so that's exactly one of the one of the components of the love addiction
0: okay
1: you're, you're nodding there a lot <laughs> Jeez, The obsession I
0: everything I, think everyone.
1: <laughs> I told you stop stalking me, Sarah <laughs> God it was just you know on my front door last week she was there
0: <laughs> I get free consultations doing this show with you the only problem is the whole Riviera no my inside leg measurement <laughs> Gavin Sharp from Riviera Wellbeing thank you very much thank and uh, we'll look forward to speaking to you uh, next month
1: thank you very much thank you. Riviera you.